Today on CityCast Chicago, when I think back to the summer of 2020, one word I often forget to use is joyful. While the mass protests and uprisings may have been fueled by anger and anguish, they were largely sustained and guided by joy. I saw dance battles and collective chanting, ciphers and speeches, mutual aid and marches, and these are as much about reaching for joy as they are demanding change. And in the midst of it all was Vashon Jordan Jr., a Southside photographer whose images flipped the switch for some who only saw the ugly parts of last summer. She said that her parents did not want her going to the protest. They thought they were dangerous, they were violent because of what they saw on TV, so they did not want her going. And she said that she showed them my coverage and that changed their minds and opened their hearts. And they started to encourage her to go to the protest. Today is Thursday, May 27th. I'm Jacoby Cochran, and this is CityCast Chicago. First, a little bit of news, y'all. The city finally released a new foot pursuant policy for CPD and is now up and open for public comment. Some of the takeaways, cops can't chase if they're pursuing someone who's accused of a minor traffic offense or misdemeanor, and police have to stop foot pursuit if persons are injured. The city did not have a policy until a cop fatally shot 13-year-old Adam Toledo in April during a chase. The mural movement is hosting a candlelit vigil and mural dedication for the 14th birthday of Toledo at 4 p.m. in Little Village. DuSable Drive will have to wait another month as a vote to rename parts of Lakeshore Drive was blocked in city council. It would not be a city council meeting without the dramatics. Hits keep on coming for Michael Madigan. There's another indictment in the former Illinois Speaker's alleged bribery of Commonwealth Edison. Madigan's chief of staff, Tim Mapes, is charged with lying to a federal grand jury. Some good news. 22 lakefront beaches will reopen to the public tomorrow for the first time since September 2019. You heard me correct. September of 19. Juneway, Roger, Howard, and Fargo beaches will remain closed. If you can, get out there and enjoy the weather once this rain passes, of course. Remember, for more Chicago stories, sign up for our daily newsletter at chicago.citycast.fm. There were a lot of images being shared last summer of protests and demonstrations across the country and world in response to the police killings of unarmed black people. But what does Chicago look like during the summer of 2020? Bashan Jordan Jr. answers this question in his book, Chicago Protest, A Joyful Revolution, which dropped last fall. Vashon, a photographer from West Pullman, was actually a college student at the time when he took 17,000 photos last summer. He ended up selecting 117 of those photos for his book. And yes, a lot of them showed joy. People dancing, sharing food, communities embracing one another. Vashon, thank you so much for speaking with CityCast today. Brother, be real with me. What has the last year of your life looked like? 
Thanks so much for having me on. Really excited to speak with you. One of the things that I think is important to note is my coverage of Chicago did not start in 2020. In a typical year pre-pandemic, one of my favorite things to do is I always photograph and volunteer for our parades and, of course, the occasional protest. So when we had what jumped off in 2020, when I started that first protest on May 30th, I almost thought it was going to be business as usual. Maybe one protest happens, one and done. But when that next week came, June 6th, you had 38,000 people yeah. from Union Park to Sewell Park. I realized that this was something that was, had that momentum. I noticed that when I was in the loop and there was some type of expectation of police violence or conflict, every news station, large and small, was there to cover that. But then when I was in Inglewood, when they were reclaiming a lot of 66 and Hostel, which was a vacant store, and they were painting murals on there and filling up the potholes and giving out free resources to the community, that didn't have a morsel of the coverage that we got in the loop. So I knew that, okay, yeah. this was something that needed to be covered. And we think about how we're in Chicago, a city of 2.7 million people. There are thousands of photographers here, but I still found myself in places where I was the only person capturing this. Did you feel like largely the coverage you were seeing was, let me capture looting, let me capture violence, let me capture conflict? Do you naturally point your camera towards joy or did you just see something was missing in this story? I did this as an independent photographer, mm. not a freelance photographer while I was shooting for different outlets. Independent meaning I made every decision myself. There was no person, no editor telling me what to do, what to cover, what angle, where to go. I was able to make those decisions. So I knew that when I went out to these protests, they wanted to come together in peace. Yeah. They wanted to come together in love and unity. So I felt that it was the right thing to do for those organizers. So even if it got derailed, even if something else happened, I still wanted to honor why they came out there. And if you think about why that first protest started at the end of May, it was literally a response to police violence. Mm -hmm. A lot of times people are like, you know, your protest should be peaceful, but we're literally responding to a brutal murder in cold blood. People respond and they want to join in joyful activities. Damn. So when you put looting and you put violence on the TV screens, people are not going to come out and look at that. But if you're saying, no, they're out here giving you free food, water, dancing with you, giving you information and resources, that is going to get people to come out in the streets and join it. And my proudest moment from last year was I was at a protest and a young white girl came up to me. She said, hey, are you Vashon? So yeah, she said she follows me on social media. And she said that her parents did not want her going to the protest. They thought they were dangerous. They were violent because of what they saw on TV. So they did not want her going. And she said that she showed them my coverage and that changed their minds and opened their hearts. And they started to encourage her to go to the protest. So yeah. if someone's able to look at my content and say, I want to get out there and join them, that is what we need, that momentum to get people coming because the work didn't stop. We look at some of these streets that are operating today and it's like, yeah, last year there were 30,000 people marching down the street yep. and you wouldn't even know that happened. What are the things that you decided to put in your book? Because getting 17,000 down to, what was it, 117? Yeah, 117. That's, yeah. A, that's a process. Like, you know, what were some of those images that you thought needed to go in this book? So we went through over 37 demonstrations that make up the 117 images. And you're going to see everything in here from Juneteenth, thousands of people getting together and swag surfing right in Daly Plaza and throwing their fists up in the air 
and dancing around, you're going to see people going out in front of a CPS Board of Education member's home and having what I call a modern-day sit-in where they're dancing and having a sit-in and they are dancing with each other and talking with each other and giving our resources right here in the Austin neighborhood. The cover of my book is a photo that was shot on the west side of Chicago. And then there's everything else in between. There is a Trump rally in this book. There's a Blue Lives Matter rally in this book. This made international news, a dreadhead cowboy on the Dan Ryan, and a lot of young women that are leading these marches and leading these movements. And they were the ones that were behind a lot of this organization. Man, some of the photos that I see on your your social media, which is Vashon underscore photo for my people on the gram, man, they they not only remind me of, you know, the summer of 2020, but, you know, you have pictures of people like Samuel Chambers, right? The the State Street Reverend who've been there my whole life telling people where they going when they die. You know, you talked about the Dreadhead Cowboy. You got my man plunging into uh, the lake. You know, what is it like to still be so present in many of these, not only protests and demonstrations, but also these everyday Chicago moments. Because some people might look at your pictures and completely miss. But when I look at them, you know, I see my my life. So when I posted the photos of Samuel Chambers, someone commented, was like, that was my first time seeing him smile. I had a photo of him smiling. And it's like, and we we look at him and we look at, we listen to what he says and what he talks about. And it's like, this is an actual human being. He has an actual family. This is an actual man. He actually smiles. They're actually, you know, he actually has those emotions. And it's like showing that because there's so much going on here in Chicago. But one of the things I wholeheartedly believe in is no one can tell your story better than you can. Mm-hmm. So as a black man from the south side of Chicago, born and raised in this city, even went to college in this city, never left the city, I'm able to talk about what's going on and what's happening with Black people and put it in a nuanced way where you can understand it. So one of the photo series that I did early on and at the end of May was right after the looting happened, there were people who were seeing broken glass, boarded up windows, empty storefronts that are about to become vacant lots, and they were freaking out. And they're like, we need to fix this right now. This is diminishing my morale. I can't take this. I can't look at this any longer. And I said, well, um, I live in West Pullman on the far south side of Chicago, and I see boarded up homes, and I see vacant lots, and I see broken glass, and I see cracked sidewalks every single day. So what do you think it's like for me to live in this? It looks like we've been getting looted for a very long time. What was it like taking all of these photos and being present for, I mean, some really difficult moments? I made it an effort and a priority to go out to so much. And when you talk to organizers who put these things together, that's the reason why they want to have joy, because it's a hard thing to talk about. It's a hard thing to understand. So being able to come out and just have those moments of joy and see that because we think about, you know, so often in history, we see Black trauma and we hear about everything bad that happened to our ancestors. But I also would just love to know that even, you know, though my ancestors were born and died a slave, Please tell me they had at least one moment to smile, one moment of joy. And showing that is able to help increase the morale. So for me, being able to have that switch, uh, maybe today I'm covering a protest on, on August 15th that was completely traumatic and where I was even pepper sprayed by police myself among a large group of people, and then literally get up the next day and go to Inglewood where they're having a 
dance battle parade going down the street and we didn't have the Blood Bulletin Parade, so this almost felt like it. So having those moments of going from that joy and going from that sadness helps us sort of balance it out. What are your goals for the next year? You know, how are you, you know, kind of managing this success, but also planning for the future? I don't come on these interviews to do a victory lap. I don't come on these interviews and say, look at me and look at my success. I come on here to say, let's get more people doing this work. This could be you. Sean Jordan, you are an absolute fantastic public speaker and an even more amazing photographer. Um, I'm so grateful for you coming on CityCast Chicago. You know, I wish you nothing uh, but the best moving forward, brother. I appreciate you. Thanks so much. I'll see you on the front lines. You can follow in my footsteps and buy Vashon's book, Chicago Protests, A Joyful Revolution, now, or you can check it out at your local library or the research center at the Chicago History Museum. Shout out to my boy, Donald Lassier. Hey, not only did Vashon donate two copies of his book there, but he also donated all 117 of his photos to the Chicago History Museum, which will be available to the public in a couple weeks. You can also check out some of his photos, of course, not all of them, at the Museum of Science and Industry, as well as the Gallery Gouchard, and of course, Instagram. As always, thank you for listening. I'll talk to you tomorrow. Peace.